Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment from the 80s and beyond, and I fucking nailed it, yeah! <laughs> The 27th, try the charm. <laughs> All right, so uh, this we're, we're done with the thrillers and horror movies. We really didn't do as many as we usually do. I feel like we usually do like four or five episodes. But... Yeah, last year, last year we did a lot more. I think it was my fault because I uh, was busy and I usually don't ever have a, a, a goddamn thing going on in my life. Right. So... Well, let's also take in, the, let's take in the fact that I was working on almost full time that month and, and also... We are running. I really did sneeze all over my computer. Damn, I was I was kidding, but I'm, um, cleaning crew. <laughs> um, we are kind of running out of horror movies to talk about. So, and I, in fact, I'm looking at our list, and maybe we got we another got year. Some in our back pocket. Yeah, oh, we got a few, but I feel like we got a lot of the big franchises down for sure. Yeah, but we got some little gems that we haven't haven't done yet i just picked up cherry falls uh which said is not available digitally it's the one with Brittany murphy um oh i i've heard of it but i don't know that i've seen it i'm not sure actually. yeah it was so. supposed to be in theaters but it got sent straight to video or usa channel or something like that but um so we're gonna just shame, be doing shame. but what i said shame shame we're just gonna be doing random stuff for a while uh mindy asked me i don't think we introduced ourselves i'm michael that's mindy um she suggested buddy introduce ourselves i think i don't know i don't maybe not uh the two movies we're gonna do are buddy comedies yeah uh we're gonna be discussing dick (laughs) uh by the way looking up looking up dick on the internet not easy to do and get there right you're gonna have to type in 1999 movie (laughs) Just go straight to IMDb because that's safer. Yeah, or Wikipedia. Um, so we also did that, that, and we had a hard time trying to figure out what to go with it. I had an idea in my back pocket, but I was never certain. And I was wrong, by the way. Both of these movies do not take place in the 70s. I was so certain no. that when Harry no, Met Lloyd, either. Dumb and Dumberer, uh, is set in the 70s, I was totally wrong. Well, the thing is, is that logically, based on how old the actors are, this should, it should have taken place in the 70s. The math is whack. Yeah, and I, I but, don't, I don't understand why they didn't. There's really no rhyme or reason. There's nothing plot-wise. No. And the 80s weren't red hot at this time. You know, it would be like another five years where everybody's talking about the 80s. We're still talking about 70s movies. And, yeah. um... You, if you look at the style that they chose, the cinematography, you know, the set designer and the clothing designer, a lot of it really looks like it's 1978 and not 1986. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, you're right. For the plot, there was literally, literally no reason why it had to be set in the 80s. So why did they do that? Because because if you're doing the math, that would mean that Harry and Lloyd in, in, in the original one would be like, 25, 20, or something, 25, 26. Yeah. And we know that that's not how old they were. No, no. I mean, uh, I think Jim Carrey at the time was 36. I think Jeff Daniels is a couple years older than him. So, yeah, that doesn't yeah. work at all. So, so really, the- it should have been in the 70s. And there's no reason, based on plot or anything, that it, it needed to be in the 80s. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a, a, a weird unnecessary thing but whatever yeah fuck it let's start because off with that one keep me from yeah no 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 i would say that's there was only a few things there's a lot of music choices in the movie that don't work for the timeline either like ice ice yeah. baby doesn't come out till the end of right. 1990 
Now, necessarily, does he... Is he dancing to the... I, 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 he's not listening to music, I don't believe. He's just dancing to, to dance, you know, goofing around in the hallways. So I think the music's just there because, if you remember, they also chose Good Charlotte, which is literally from 2003, so... Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I it did cross my mind, and I was like, oh, huh, that's weird. But uh, I didn't take too much time to dwell on it, because it was already, there's already inconsistencies from the get-go. So I'm just going to take it at face value and not, like, you know, pick it apart. Yeah, well, and, and I'm not going to say necessarily that Dumb and Dumberer is a good movie. And it's the curse of all Jim Carrey sequels that don't have Jim Carrey. Just one yeah. time has there been a really great sequel that was better than the original. It's because the first one is such a flimsy movie in the first place. It only was yeah. successful because of um, Jim Carrey's personality, and that was Ace Ventura. The second one is light years better than the first movie. Um, but I will, I will say this, though, that I do think that this one is far superior to the sequel that has Jim Carrey in it. Mm, mm, I, mm, personally. Yeah, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, I, I, don't... I have not seen this movie for um, so long, and I had I have not watched the Jim Carrey sequel since the, since I originally watched it, so that could be an unfair thing. Maybe I need to reassess. Yeah, but I think... I did, enjoy, I did enjoy re-watching this movie more than I uh, expected to. Yeah, I think some of the jokes don't hit home, uh, but they don't hurt the way that the sequel, the the real sequel, um, when when those jokes don't hit, they fucking just crash and burn. So I, I would say, yeah, I, I think there's bigger jokes though. I, I, they're swinging for you know the fences in the sequel, where this one seems to be, since it's already based off characters we already know and storyline pieces that we kind of are familiar with, like the Freda Felcher stuff like that and how they. You know how he got the chipped tooth, um, stuff like that. Yeah. You, there's um, you can't take a whole lot of risk with the characters advancing them forward because they got to they get, still got to be in line somewhat with um, the the original movie. And also, there's some callback jokes which are comforting, I guess. If you want to say the shit joke is comforting because it's a callback to the diarrhea toilet destruction in the first movie, yeah. but it also does uh -huh. seem like it's playing a little safe as well. Well. Yeah, but I mean most most movies do that. Yeah, most I mean, sequels yeah, they definitely. definitely they definitely you know use some of the same or similar gags and stuff. But I think what really sells it is their commitment. <laughs> and it, there's, it, it, there's just times where you're like, Jesus, he said that exactly the same like pitch and tone and everything of Jeff Daniels and it's just like shit it's so impressive like uh I mean yeah this movie is stupid as hell yeah I know that like but I don't care we it's love a fun. lot we love a lot of really stupid comedies but they have to have yeah, a very particular vibe or voice or or just a cast that we enjoy because there's some movies we've seen that were you know they're not successful comedies they were flops whatever yeah. and get a lot of hate, and, and rightfully so. I think Love Guru is a fucking ego freak, you know, uh, uh, there's no one telling Michael, uh, telling Mike Myers no, and that's why it hurts. Um, and what's the one with Chris Kattan, it's just sweating. When, see, these guys aren't sweating to make it funny, and that's what works. Yeah, 
Uh, what's the second one you just said? After I love Guru, I only oh, watched Oh, oh, I don't think I even say the name. I'm sorry. The one with Chris Kattan, Corky Romano. I forgot to say the title. Oh, yeah, I don't remember anything about that. So, yeah. I, obviously, it didn't leave a lasting mark, nor do I have any desire to watch it again. So, yeah, and I think it? what absolutely sells this, and no knock on Derek Richardson, who plays Harry. But Eric Christian Olsen is fucking burning the ground to, you know, <laughs> with his fucking lightning fast improvs, his jokes, his he physical had to, like, face. He worked so hard to get that part because I didn't want to give it to him because he was too good looking, which, to be fair, he's a very good looking guy. Uh, but, you know, he had to, like, work his ass off to get that part, and he, you know, made sure that they didn't regret it. Because Jesus Christ, is he funny? <laughs> I love, I, my favorite part of the whole movie, and you can tell it's improv, <laughs> is when he keeps coming back to the window to say stuff. <laughs> he does like yeah, six times. Every yeah. time it's funnier. <laughs> the, uh, and I think at this point, he had only been in um, uh, not another teen movie, but I have no idea where Derek Richardson uh, came from. And the only thing I know besides this is um, he was in Hostel, whereas Eric Christian Olsen got a lot of work. I mean, we fucking loved him on The Loop. Yeah, he did a lot of uh, TV. Um, I think that he has, you know, made... I mean, he did a fair amount of movies that we have seen and enjoy, uh, like... Uh, Fired Up. Yeah, Fired yeah. Up. And some other, th- you know, he did a, a slew of like teen movies and stuff. Uh, but I think that he has, you know, had a more permanent home in TV. Um, but yeah, he's very enjoyable. He's very funny. He's reliable. He's ridiculous. He doesn't seem to have an ego, thus being willing to do whatever it takes for a laugh <laughs> on most of the things he's been involved with. Jesus Christ, he's been on a TV show. Like, I knew he's been on NCIS Los Angeles forever, but it's, it's 300 yeah, episodes. Uh-huh. Why do you want to keep doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe for a lot of people, they prefer the consistency of, you know, living in the same place and having, maybe he has a family. Maybe he just, you know, maybe the rat race of Hollywood is demoralizing and horrid, even when you're beautiful and talented. True, and maybe he's a dad. I don't know. I know he married, I'm pretty sure he married the girl from Fired Up, right? No, not Fired Up. I think from the loop. Oh, okay, okay. I um, think. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I forgot some of both these movies are loaded to the guild of character actors. I think Dick has a little more Dick's uh, Dick's a little heavier <laughs> with like the ringers. From, you did that on purpose. I did. Um, but I mean, there's still good comedic actors in here. Of course, we got Louis Guzman. Now, is Louis Guzman supposed to be Lloyd's dad? Uh, I don't understand that, and they never try to explain anything. So I don't. No, truly <laughs> don't know. Truly don't know. But uh, Eugene Levy and Sherry O'Terry um, work so well oh in this movie. God. Here's, I think, one of the major difference. She is so funny. One major difference, I think, in this one and the the other Dumb and Dumber movies is that Harry and Lloyd really are the only ones doing the jokes. Everybody else is a straight yes. man. Whereas it seems there's a lot of 
comedy energy coming from everybody, and not everybody is um, the straight man. Like Eugene Levy clearly is a straight man, but he's very funny. But everybody else is kind of a mixture of bewilderment and, and kind of character pieces. Whatever Shia LaBeouf is doing is fucking killing me. I don't me. know what he's doing, but it's—I <laughs> have for, completely forgotten that he was in this movie. And gosh, do I miss early years of Shia LaBeouf before he went. Nuts? Yeah. I'm not really. Maybe he was always nuts. I'm not sure, but I really kind of miss the like, you know, the young innocent version of him that was just, you know, the the like sidekick and doing goofy ass shit. And, yeah. And do you, how 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 many years do you think Eldon Henderson was too old to still be playing a high school student? I don't know. I don't know how old he was here because. What? I don't know, but what? But he, he, how many years after was this? After like, you know, she, uh, she's all that. That was ninety nine, and and of course we knew. I mean, he had been in. Well, mighty doubts, but he was just like thirteen when that happened. So I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm saying yay, but it seemed like he was playing. Okay, so we were born the same year, so he was, let's say it was filmed in 2002, he was 25. Okay, well that's not terrible then. Yeah, we've seen much worse. When you find out Kara Smith was like 32 when he was on, and then his sister was even older on Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Oh yeah, and like, what's her name? Um, Gosh, the the girl on like Bring It On, my god, she's like, I think she's a vampire because she, she... I don't. I she played a teenager for so long because she never looks like she ages. <sighs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Ga- Gabrielle Union. Yeah. My God, that woman. Well, Stacy Dash had that same thing. Remember, she was playing a high school yep. student for years on that yep. Clueless TV show. Um, so this is from director Troy Miller. Most people don't know that name, but I know him because he directed most of the episodes of Mr. Show, and he grabbed a couple oh. cast members and and uh. Uh, Brian Posehn fucking kills it as the frustrated, uh, borderline psychotic breakdown guy <laughs> at the convenience store. I love him in this. Um, and then uh, Dana Gould. What a charming weirdo. Yep. <laughs> Dana Gould is my favorite stand-up comedian, and he has a very oh small part in this. Bob oh, Saget. I fucking, mean, there's so shit! Clearly there's parts of- there's parts of this movie that would keep it from being made today, um, even though it is. I'm sorry, it is remarkably funny. This this the scene, the short, way too brief scene with Dana Gould. Like my God, why is he so funny? I don't think enough people know and appreciate Dana Gould. Well, he's always been a comedian's comedian, and I listened to his interviews and stuff like that, and he kept getting really close to getting cast on stuff. He had sitcoms written for him, and they just didn't take. He tried he tried writing stuff for himself, and he said he only went into stand-up comedy because he thought that would get him better acting jobs, and all he ever wanted to do was host a TV show about horror movies. You know, like... Uh, oh, my God. Like Joe Bob Briggs does. Like Gilbert Godfrey? Huh? Like Gilbert Godfrey? Yes, like that. He says all I ever wanted to do was host a horror show, like you know, and dress Aww. up. And, and he finally I totally watched that shit. Yeah, he gets to dress up as Doctor Zayas and host a show every once in a while on Turner Classic Movies. And <laughs> so this guy, this director, 
He has directed a, a million things, but it looks like most of them are stand-up comedy specials. Yeah, that's kind of what he was known for. And somehow, because of Mr. Huh. Show, he ended up getting hired at the last minute to do Jack Frost. That, oh, I that, see. Yeah, that Michael Keaton movie, which Sam Raimi was going to direct with George Clooney, and then it fell apart. And uh, and then he did the Mr. Show movie, Run, Ronnie, Run, and this, and I think he just went back to television. Yeah, he has a lot. Yeah, a lot of TV. Hey, there's no shame in TV. No, no. It's hey, it's better than what I do. And why? What? Anyway. That's what? it. I don't know. <laughs> I just repeated what you said. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it wasn't a huge hit. I think there was some high expectations, but it came out the same week as uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and like twelve oh, other comedies. Oh, oh, oh. It was pretty harsh competition. Plus, the critics fucking hated it, man. It has a yeah. 10% yeah. on. So, you know, I think it's better than yeah. it's treated. I mean, it's goofy and whatever. I don't know. I would maybe not. You just need, maybe you just need a little, to get a little higher to watch it. I don't know. I did not know this was shot in Atlanta. If you asked me, like, where I thought it was, I would have said Canada. It looks, because it's, it's got that very Vancouver yeah, fall does. look to it. It seems like it, Georgia is, it looks different than I expected to. Yeah, it's like everything is shot there now, which is weird. I know, I noticed that too. Um, our second film, though, was shot in Canada. It is Dick from 1999. Um... I didn't. I haven't seen this since it came out, and I didn't realize that there was so much. Um, I don't want to call it pathos. Am I using the right word? Mm-hmm. Did I don't you, know. Because you really thought it was all silly jokes, borderline spoof. But there is around all this silliness and all these ridiculous characters. These two kids are trying to do the right thing, and I actually mm-hmm. truly admired uh, what they were going through. I mean. The, at first, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Are we painting Richard Nixon as a good guy? You know, like a right. just chummy, hey, I love your cookies. I'm going to hang out with you and be hip. And what it really yeah. boils down to is that he wanted so desperately to be liked. No matter how, like, ridiculous he came off as. And, you know, like, you know, like the first time he ran for office, he or for president, he didn't get voted because he looked terrible on TV. And... Um, the truth of the matter is that he was a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, he's on the same level as Trump, basically, except, you know, we had better standards back then, I guess, for what political office <laughs> requirements were. Um, but it shows, yes, he was a racist. He was uh, a, a fucking uh, mean shithead who used people and paid people off and was unstable all the time. That sounds like politics. Yep. Did you have you ever seen the Oliver Stone movie with Anthony Hopkins about him? Mm, I don't know. Absolutely Maybe. fucking fascinating, and you gotta find the director's cut if you ever do watch it because it adds so much more. I know it's a long fucking movie, but just treat it like it's a miniseries on TV, like three episodes or something, and you watch who he truly was. And that's what I got worried when I first started watching this. I was like, what is happening here? And then yeah. it, it shows, like, and, and the, the infatuation that, um, yeah. first, well, first, there, first there's the, it's, it's like a, the, the recording, it's all very, it's like all very, 
ridiculous, but they're so sincere. Yeah. Well, and it starts off as almost like a star kind of, oh, wow, we're meeting someone famous. This is amazing. And then her, uh, Michelle Williams' character falls in love with him, you know, replacing, come on, Bobby Sherman? Bobby Sherman's way better looking than Richard Nixon. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, but she actually knows Richard Nixon. Yeah, That's yeah. different. And, and watching the, that her silly dream sequences and stuff was really very funny. But... Um, besides their journey, I think, man, just watching the ridiculousness of so many guys that were like on cool TV shows at that time. In order to save money, I think yeah. a lot of these, instead of getting movie stars, that you can save money and also get a lot of good comic energy from actors who are hungry because a lot of these guys weren't that famous. Uh, I mean, Will Ferrell, of course, became a massive star later. Not a huge star at this point. Did the director of this movie uh, have something to do with Kids in the Hall since there was two people from Kids in the Hall in this? No. Um, what happens is if you shoot movies in Canada, in order to get oh, the ta- sure. in order to get the tax rebate, you got to hire Canadian, you know, a certain percentage oh, of Canadian no, actors. Oh no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Saul Rubinek as Henry Kissinger, who was a Canadian actor. Bruce McCullough, but Bruce was very uh, in with the SNL guys too, so uh, that might have helped. In uh, Dave Foley, of course. Um, Ryan Reynolds Bobby. is Canadian. Yeah, uh, so I just feels like it was one of these like, let's get guys from this and this and this and this and this. Because I don't even know if Ryan Reynolds had been on Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place at this nah, point. No, I don't think so. I think that he basically, it was like a last minute addition to the storyline. They needed some kind of additional like thing. And I don't, I think somebody just put in a good word for him and they're like, trust me, he's funny. Yeah, at best, I think he might have done just the first season. He's so baby-faced here. But he did stuff before that. I mean, he was on, like, 15. And, yeah, but that's know, not the kind of... That, yeah, that's not the kind of thing you get cast I, in a movie, though. No, I'm just saying, it's not like he didn't do anything. Wow, I'm looking at this, this fucking score. This is on the same level as Roll Bounce, with just killer songs. You Dancing Queen, ABC, Crocodile Rock, Lady Marmalade, Rock On. Not the Rock On that we all know from Dream a Little Dream. Right. Um, they sound the exact same almost, though. Um, was it Hook, Hook on a Feeling? Dream a Little Dream? Like the 80s movie? Yeah, the one with the the Corys. Oh, okay. I, I might did, not remember that quite as freshly as you do. Well, I own it, and I, I watched it not that long ago. Um, it's a weird movie. Uh, I did not know this until this moment right now. Hooked on a Feeling was not sung by Boston. It was sung by uh, Blue Suede, which I, I've never even heard of this fucking band. I didn't think that that song was sung by Boston. Uh, I, well, I think I, you probably just have some of your 70s bands confused. Yeah, Blue Suede. Wow, I, or Blue Swede. Blue Swede! Stop <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so I said Dave Foley, we have Anna Gastire, uh, Jim Brewer, uh, <laughs> uh, Anna Gastire, did I say that already? I did. Uh, I got thrown off. Jim Brewer, this might have been, like, the straightest character he ever played, huh? Yeah. And the least fucked up he ever looked. <laughs> I, I I find that his comedy, just bitching about COVID and vaccines, is not actual comedy. You're just saying things no. in an angry voice. It's not comedy. <laughs> um, Harry Shearer, also, uh, people forget he was an SNL cast member twice. One of the very few people to ever uh, be on the show, go away for years, and then come back again as a regular cast member. 
Of course, most people know him as Mr. Burns. So. He, he's really like a, 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 a character actor that's done a lot of stuff that very few people actually know his name. Yeah, most people would probably just spinal tap him. You know, he's been known for doing the voices on Simpsons for, what, 30 years now? So. Yeah, I think they're on season 34 now. Oh, there's. I kind of feel like there's time to wrap up some shows. I don't understand why that's still going. It, it, but uh, SNL is the one where I'm like, guys, when you hit 50 seasons, because yeah. you're on 48 right now, it's probably time to wrap it up. I don't know if I want to see SNL go without Lorne Michaels it's, at the helm. It's been time to wrap it up for a while now. Um. So what do you? I I was thinking that like, in I felt like Kirsten Dunst. Uh, was playing something very similar to Drop Dead Gorgeous in the her her approach to this, and just her very um, very naive. Like that's just the thing that's similar about both of these movies. I mean, there's two things, but you know, they're they're buddy comedies, which is what we really wanted to do. They're um, you know we're trying to find similar levels of like you know the same kind of style in the buddy comedy like, yeah well and they're both they're both you know the naivete but like they, they means they have they mean well but they're just so dumb they're just so ridiculous but they like have big hearts you know um so it's really hard to like you know yeah and they stumble upon like a them. crime <laughs> you know they, they actually they almost accidentally solve a conspiracy or a crime Right. Well, that, that's the thing is that they both get in, both movies have them involved with some kind of like you know conspiracy slash evil plan, but and they yeah basically s- s- solve it or um, expose the whole situation like without even realizing what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they just stumbled upon it accidentally and in Dumb and Dumber it's like they were trying to do the complete opposite of what they accomplished it's just like oh wow okay yeah and I think Ooh. as the movie goes on though both girls uh, gain a sense of agency they evolve uh, you know they, they, their yeah. innocence kind of washes away to the cynical I mean, not cynical because they do end like so happy but they understand more about what the world is like whereas Harry and Lloyd do not gain really anything <laughs> No, they don't change at all, which I appreciate because they're still that way. I'm sorry, it's not 10 years later. They are like 20 years older or something in the next one. But they are exactly the same people in their, you know. So, that's good. I don't don't appreciate screw and continuity, which I think that the actual sequel with them did screw did change a bunch of the continuity which oh yeah the Freda Felcher thing is Fuckers. it's almost as if they threw, ah. I think they just threw out Dumb and Dumberer um, and that's how the Freda yeah. Felcher thing kind of got kind of confusing yeah. somewhere in there because they talk about in the first movie where they yeah. both were in love with the same girl but the the second yeah. one I mean do they what happens later because they clearly just go away they ignore that so is, is that on the prequel or is that on the sequel I don't know I don't know. I just, um, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I know it's not quite the same thing, uh, but I just fucking hate it when they mess up the continuity of, of a series yeah. or, you know. Or they just toss it out the window because it's more convenience. How many fucking Halloween timelines are we going to sit through? I don't know what's going on anymore, and I don't, I don't want to figure it out anymore. 
<laughs> um, is this the biggest? Is this the biggest role that Dan Hedaya ever had? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Blood Simple more. I don't know if you ever seen Blood Simple, but this really seemed like oh, a studio is back because uh, he was a guy that kind of was in a lot of like successful known movies, but he was always like eighth banana, you know. Yeah, he's another one of those, like, character actors that, like, yeah, he, he worked probably pretty consistent. Well, his role in, like, Usual Suspects and Clueless was more bigger, right? Yeah, I, they're fairly big, but still, uh, he's, he's, he's still probably six or eighth down the, the cast line, though. This is number three. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, can Maybe. We give, can we give an MVP to Bruce McCullough's hair? <laughs> and oh. his usage of that hair. <laughs> I say, anytime he put Bruce McCullough in a movie, you're worth my time. And this is when he was uh, between directing movies, I think, because he had done Superstar after this. And somewhere in here is a movie called Dog Park, which made like $400. <laughs> Do you remember that one with um, Luke Wilson and uh, Natasha Henstridge? No. Yeah, uh, but he fit this in, whatever. But I, this seems like the kind of movie where everybody showed up for a week and they were they were good. Oh, can we talk about like? I mean, yeah, you get like, you, you know, all these like respectable actors, you know, Terry Gar and um, like what's her? What was I gonna say? Oh, I'm getting my movies confused now. Um, Ted McGinley. I mean, is he always a bad guy? <laughs> um. Uh. Ooh. Maybe not when he was young, when he was on like Happy Days and Love Boat. But once Revenge of the Nerds came out, it kind of set in like him being a total a hole. Yeah. Anyway, so it's just like you know, you're right. Like all these people, they seem like they did show up for like a couple days, and you know, just have fun with it. But um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I like I like that. Like, you know, they're all kind of like character actors or comedians, but maybe don't get the hugest roles. But it's always pleasant and lovely to see them show up at movies. Yeah. Um. So, anything else you want to say about either movie before we go? Mm. I would just like to say that. Um, vindication for checkers. For what? That was the, the dog checker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really all, like, everything boiled down to checkers. Checkers was really the, the motivation behind all their actions. <laughs> and they were really, they really just, like, wanted revenge on him because of how he treated checkers. <laughs> I just um, think that's really funny. Anyway, yeah, I think... uh, no, I don't know. Not really. They're, you know, they're funny movies. I would say they obviously have flaws. They're not fantastic. They're definitely, I don't think they're a waste of time, though. I mean, no. they're enjoying I would enjoyable. say Dick, Dick is a better movie. I like Dick more. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You did that on purpose. Well, just like in the movie, they do that on purpose. That was so funny. I um, know. Every time they said it, everyone stopped and stared, yeah. Um, Andrew Fleming is the director of this. I forgot to bring this up. Um, and, and he's a guy who's kind of struggled throughout his career to have a hit. Um, 
His first movie is Bad Dreams, which I think is really good. Um, it is not what you think it is. It, it, it's sold as a slasher, and it's not. Um, it, it, there's a switcheroo in there that changes. I think it's really good. Um, uh, then he did Threesome, which got a lot of buzz, but didn't do very well. But then he did The Craft, and thankfully The Craft carried him for a while. Uh, Dick was really well received. Fuck, I did it again. That time wasn't intentional. <laughs> Dang. Uh, I mean, wow, good job. <laughs> uh, and then that, sometimes good reviews can help, even if you don't get the box office. So uh, the in-laws and Nancy Drew, Hamlet 2. I fucking love Hamlet 2. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, and then he got, to pro- he got to produce the new craft. Uh, he's done a bunch of TV, uh, a big driving director on Gross Point. Um, that TV show that we did in a, uh, uh, what, like a year ago, I think, is when we did an episode about that. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. when we did it, but, but yeah, um, at some point. I, I mean, he's been directing some pretty popular uh, Netflix and Hulu and, you, you know, um, Amazon Prime shows. He's not hurting for work, it doesn't seem like, but... no. And, and it's good that both this and Drop Dead Gorgeous got good reviews, and especially for Kirsten Dunst, because that could have killed a career right there. Two movies came out in the middle of summer and both tanked. But thankfully yeah. she had Bring It On the next year, and that got good reviews and good box office. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That's a fucking genius goddamn movie. Yeah. Um, so that is it for us. Uh, check us out on all your podcast hosts, Facebook, and no more of Twitter. Fuck you, Musk. Um, uh, I hit rewind. I forgot what the name of the show was for a second there because my rage took over. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what happens when you let rage take over. It's <laughs> uh, a real view. <laughs> share, like, uh, comment, and that is it for this week, everybody. Have a good one.